1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 9th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore omd on today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about uh, the uh, USA Blue and White scrimmage that will take place on Friday. Preview that a little bit. What to expect as Team USA gets set for the FIBA World Cup. We'll, pre- we'll also talk a little about some of the early action that's happening around the world as uh, as FIBA World Cup prep is in full swing for almost every team at this point as they as they look ahead to the uh, ahead to the tournament that begins August thirty first. But we're going to focus specifically on Evan Fournier and why this tournament is a big deal for him as a a member of Team France, but a big deal for him individually coming off perhaps his worst season in a Magic uniform. We'll talk all about that coming up in just a moment, but before we do, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering your Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here with a local expert who knows their team best. Doesn't matter the team, there is a podcast for you. You can also check out Locked On NBA for the national perspective, Locked On Fantasy Basketball for Fantasy Basketball, and of course, NFL, MLB, and college podcasts to find your favorite team today. The Locked On Podcast Network is available wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Team USA has been hard at work all week to get ready for the FIBA World Cup. Their roster of I think it was at 15, it's been bumped up to 16 or 17 players. We'll get cut down to 12 before they uh, before the tournament begins. There's reports now that the that they may bring 15 with them to Los Angeles for the next phase of training perhaps even bringing 15 with them to Australia when they do some friendlies before heading over to China. So not quite clear how Greg Popovich is going to break that team down. Of course, the big storyline with this group was the number of players who decided to sit out the FIBA World Cup. Um, uh, uh, Of the original 20 players in the original roster pool, only 10 showed up. Only ten uh, committed to to uh, trying out for the team, essentially, uh, and of course there were supplemental players added to the list. Aaron Gordon not among them. This team is going to be very, very interesting, and and I will talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But it definitely feels like this is at least talent wise one of the weaker teams that the U.S. has fielded. Probably the weakest team the U.S. has fielded in the perhaps in the Dream Team era since since uh, professional players were allowed to play in 1992. And you know, maybe the weakest team since the 2002 World Championship team that finished in sixth place, uh, perhaps a harbinger of bad things to come in 2004. But this is still a capable team, a team that should still be the favorite to win the championship, to win the gold medal. Um, I think that Kimball Walker is very, very good and will show up. I think that you know they've got a lot of really good players, and it sounds like there are a lot of players who are really exceeding expectations, in the training camp, uh, players like Darren Fox, who has moved up from the select team to the main roster, which is apparently something they can do. The rules are seem seemingly very, very loose. Um, it, it sounds like guys like Derek White from the Spurs also playing very, very well. Um, but at this point, it's all just training camp and all getting ready. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's nothing more nothing more than that. And Friday's game, the Blue White scrimmage, is going to be an exhibition. It's not going to be a game where. We can get a whole lot of things from, but but whenever you step onto the court, you do learn something. You you can glean something, maybe you can dismiss it, but you do get to see them on the court. And, and just like we all went nuts with Markel Foltz, was step was videotaped on a court, we will get to see Jonathan Isaac on a basketball court in a USA jersey in this scrimmage. Isaac's been participating with the team as a member of the of the select team, which is a group of young players. That train with the main roster um, allows them to kind of scrimmage uh, against another team rather than scrimmaging against themselves so you so can try out different combinations and don't have to worry about anything like that. Um, it, it's, it's it's something that the U.S. has used a lot, and Isaac, you know, uh, uh, there hasn't been a lot of word about who's played well outside of Derek White and Darren Fox out of that group, um, but there's been some hint that, yeah, Isaac's still got defensive bug, and uh, you know, there's been at least some highlights on NBA on the NBA's Instagram page that Isaac's doing things, but it's not particularly clear how he's played or, or what kind of role they've asked him to play within this group. The blue-white scrimmage isn't going to settle any of that. We're not going to, you know, unless something leaks out, unless something said, unless some scout, anonymous scout, tells a reporter that's over in Vegas that hey, Jonathan Isaac looks like he's made a leap this summer. We're not going to really know, and and frankly this scrimmage isn't going to tell us what Jonathan Isaac can do. You know, maybe he feels comfortable enough to show some of the isolation play or or playmaking ability that we want to see from him, or he's more aggressive and assertive with this offense. I think that's ultimately what we want to see from Jonathan Isaac this summer. But this scrimmage is a scrimmage. It's an exhibition game. So you take from it what you can, you leave off of it, you understand the context of what you're watching, And that's about it. I'm always happy to see Jonathan Isaac on a basketball court. I'm always excited to see any of the guys on a basketball court. Um, just, Just to, especially with how young the Magic are, how uncertain everything feels with this team, and just how difficult it is to predict what this team's going to be. Any little bit of information helps. I mean, I'll take that Markel Fultz video. Watching that, I was like, he looks like he's got a jumper. He looks like he's feeling comfortable shooting, and that's a positive sign but he's not playing at game speed. And of course, anyone can make shots when they're not playing against anybody. So who knows where he's actually at. Same thing's going to be the case with Isaac. We're going to watch him. We're going to try and glean some information. We're going to understand the context. And then we're going to move on because of course, this blue-white scrimmage is not the main game. But I will say this. The last time a Magic, uh, in 2014, I believe, in 2014, Victor Oladipo was on the uh, on the select team for Team USA, and had a really strong showing in the in the in this blue white scrimmage. It wasn't a harbinger of things to come, granted, but it was nice to see. And so, and obviously, he turned into what he turned into. I think that's again going to be the case here. We'll see what we see. But, again, don't read too much into it. And, again, with, with a lot of these FIBA games, don't read a whole lot into things as well um, in, in some respects. I'll tell you in the respects you do need to read into things. Because players are going to be playing different roles and, and, and not doing the things that the Magic will ask them to do. Let's take, uh, um, you, know, you know, you go look—I would take Al-Faruq as a great example. For Nigeria, he's going to be one of the primary scorers for that team, um, and and I think that they're going to ask him to be on the ball a lot more. So his stat lines not going to be indicative of how he's looking heading into the match season, unless he's like killing it, unless he's efficient and beating up on other NBA players. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you look at but that that's kind of you have to understand the context through which the stats are going. There have been some early results and early games in the FIBA World Cup preparations that, that we care about. Ken Birch scored 14 points for Canada in a win over Nigeria on Wednesday. I, I never I, did, I never got a box score from it, so I don't know how Al Farouk did. But Birch doing what he normally does, running the floor, cleaning up misses. Um, you know, it, it, it was a solid performance from Ken Birch. It looks like he's going to start at center for Team Canada in the World Cup. And of course, I think that's obviously very, very good for him. Um, I think it's a good sign for for him that that's how Canada views him and how Canada want to use it, wants to use him. He provide all the defense and everything that we know Ken Birch can provide. Over in France, France played their first two games. Their first game was a sloppy loss to Turkey. Evan Fournier scored going four for eleven from the field, uh, not looking over, not at least on the box score. I didn't watch the game, not overly impressive. But in the win over Tunisia on Wednesday, Fournier was a lot better. 17 points, made four three-pointers, so a good sign there. I believe he had four assists in the first game against Turkey. I believe he also had four assists against Tunisia. So again, signs that the playmaking is still there that we saw from last season. France, of note, will continue their prep next week in a four-team tournament that features Brazil, Argentina, and Montenegro. August 15th, Evan Fournier will take on Nikola Vucevic and Montenegro in a warm-up game. It's something that I, I, I read about that I read that Nikola Vucevic is very excited for. I've, I've, I think I've also read that Evan Fournier is very excited for it. So we'll get to see those two players go head-to-head next week. The World Cup starts August 31st, so plenty of time to, to kind of get ready and get set for this thing. But I do want to point out today, as, as we're talk, talking and thinking about the blue-white game on Friday why this tournament is so important for Evan Fournier.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: There's just no way around it. Evan Fournier did not have a good season last year. The scoring was fine, about in line with what he's done a little bit down from the previous year. But it was not a good season for him. More than almost any other player Fournier has one very clearly defined role and that is to make shots on a team that doesn't have a lot of knockdown three-point shooters Evan Fournier is one of the better shooters on the team and one of the guys that defenses have to respect at the three-point line now when it comes to three-point shooting and gravity that respect is is sometimes more valuable than reality. But at the end of the day, too, it's about putting baskets in. It's about making shots. And Evan Fournier didn't do that. He shot about 34% from beyond the arc, which was the worst mark of his career. In the playoffs, he shot less than 30%. I believe it was 27% from beyond the arc. As Seth Aurora of Orlando Magic Daily uh, painstakingly Sussed out. Evan Fournier was one of the most inconsistent players on the team. And in the league, really. He he would be able to get you 20 points one night and then dip back down to 7 or 8. The inconsistency Fournier showed as a shooter last year was concerning. Because while, A, the Magic won and made the playoffs, which would lend to make you think that it was a successful season for everybody. So while Fournier's team succeeded, while Fournier proved himself to be a a better defender, not a good defender, I think the stats bear that out that he wasn't quite a positive defender, but he was a better defender. Those numbers that would say Fournier's a bad defender would also say last year was a career year defensively for Fournier, and I would agree with that just on the eye test. Now, was he a good defender? I'm not going there. But he wasn't as negative, perhaps, as he's been in the past. It was the best playmaking season of his career, too. He's better off the dribble making for others. And that's a good sign. But shooting is vital for Evan Fournier and his success and for the success of the team. Fournier making a few three pointers here and there may not have turned one or two, may not have turned a significant number of games. But just look at the playoffs. The Raptors were able to leave everyone open on the three-point line and not worry about them. And that made life harder for Vucevic. That made life harder for everybody. In the playoffs especially, and and we do have to start thinking at least a little bit, how does this team look for the playoffs? And yeah, there are real questions about, about that now moving forward, about how this team actually competes in the playoffs. We do have to wonder what translates to that moment. And Fournier's poor shooting did. And that hurt the team dramatically. I believe that it is an expectation for Evan Fournier that he returns to his mean of about a 37% three-point shooter. Again, three percentage points on a three-point shooter doesn't seem like a lot, but those numbers add up. Fournier is more than capable of scoring, uh, having a 30-point game and being a really dangerous offensive weapon. And all year last year, he struggled to do that. All year last year, he wasn't that guy. And that hurt the Magic a ton at various points in various moments of the season. And so... When it comes to Fournier and the Magic and how they're going to play next year, it's clear that at the very least, he has to get that shooting back up. Fournier would agree with this. Fournier said, if I'm not mistaken, several points in the season that he could not explain his shooting slump. He recognized, I mean, Fournier's a guy that keeps it real. He understood that he wasn't playing up to his potential or the potential the team needed from him. And of course, kind of understanding that is the first part of the battle. Perhaps his legs were a little heavy from taking on too much defensively. Maybe it was just random luck. Shooting is not something that goes away. Fournier has dipped below his average, like not quite the slow, but like this before. And he's always bounced back. So again, the expectation is that he will return to his mean this coming season. And that would be a huge boost. And that's why the World Cup is going to be so important for him. That's why this World Cup is going to be so important for the Magic. Because more than any other player, Jonathan Isaac's obviously with the select team. Ken Burch will be starting at center, playing that that defensive role that that we know he can play. and, And he's pretty set at that. Nikola Vucevic will. It really sounds like for the first time in his run with Montenegro, be a focal point in the offense. And I do. Th- and and obviously, coming off an All Star year, we know what Vucevic can bring. And if the Montenegro runs their offense through him, it'll be interesting to see just how far he can take Montenegro. They're in a tough group. They're not expected to get out of that group, but the goal for them is to do so. But Fournier will be under the most pressure throughout the FIBA World Cup of all the Magic players that are participating. And honestly, he's going to be in the role that most approximates what he'll do with the Magic. I mean, Vucevic will be the star of Montenegro, but at the same time too... He won't have the same kind of weapons around him that he does in Orlando, so you might see him have some performances like he did in the playoffs where Toronto was swarming him. I don't expect that to be the norm for him. I I think Montenegro will get a win, maybe two, in this tournament. But Fournier is going to be on a team that's A, expected to win. Even though France lost Tony Parker and now Thomas Hurdle as well, this French team believes they can win the World Cup. And they should believe that. With the U.S. fielding a weaker team, the door feels open for three or four teams to get their gold medal. Whether it's France, whether it's Serbia, whether it's Greece, whether it's Spain. The door feels open for one of these teams to have a historic run like Argentina did in 2004. And France should absolutely feel like they can do it. With Rudy Gobert anchoring the defense, Evan Fournier as a shooter and, and mini playmaker, Nando DiColo, who plays extremely well in these tournaments, Nicholas Batum as another playmaker and facilitator, the team captain and plenty of other really talented players, including Frank Milikina coming off their bench. France should feel like they can win. But they will not win. They will not achieve the most they can in this tournament if Evan Fournier isn't shooting the ball well. Like I said, Evan Fournier may end up being the guy who scores the most points on the perimeter for this French team. And obviously, Rudy Gobert isn't the same offensive option that Nikola Vucevic is. But none of that should matter. This is about Fournier producing at the level the Magic would need him to because France needs him to produce at that level. As a sometimes primary, sometimes secondary scorer. As a pick-and-roll ball handler. As a spot-up three-point shooter. If Fournier wants to prove that last season is really behind him and that he's ready to be a major contributor for a playoff magic team, it's going to start with being a major contributor, an efficient contributor to his national team in their quest for a medal at this World Cup. Our, I like I said, context matters when you're trying to translate these performances to the NBA. Context absolutely matters. And Fournier will be playing almost the exact role he will play with the Magic. When he steps on the floor for Les Blues And so, yes, we will be watching his games very closely. Because like everything else, the Magic are trying to figure out what they can expect and how to fill out roles again entering next season. And as I'm sure Fournier would even admit, admit, last year wasn't the year he wanted individually. And he's a chance to make up for that this month in China and throughout the next season.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, your tune in Himalaya, the Google Play app, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Monday, we'll talk a little bit about the Orlando Magic and their place in the Eastern Conference as obviously the season, the offseason has settled in and we'll start looking ahead to the 2020 season. And of course, Tuesday, we'll talk all about the Magic schedule as the schedule is set to get released Monday afternoon. So we'll get very, very excited about that. But until then, have a great weekend for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked Down Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode. Of Locked On Magic.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. A hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music.